Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What they discovered upon their arrival was almost unspeakable. We The dead won't bother you. It's the living you gotta worry about. If I couldn't keep them there with me whole, at least I felt that I could keep uh, their skeletons. Hello and welcome to the Bad Taste Crime Cast. I'm Vicky. I'm Janelle. <laughs> We're gonna get exasperated, Janelle, for the next four years. No, it's not four years. Wait, how long does oh a master's God. program take? I mean, I only have to be there for a year and a half. Oh. So <laughs> I've already done coursework. So nice in your face. Way to be prepared. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, if this is your first time listening, a special hello to you. I would die if it, if your master's program was another four years. I'm not I a fucking lawyer. I better not be there for four years. I just feel like I feel like my only reference point now is Julian and he's well he's in his doctorate program but he's literally been in school animal. for like Ugh. 17 years. It feels my, like. So I'm going for art education and my professor asked me if I was going to go on to a PhD because she he thinks That's I could so do it, much. and I'm like, no. That's so much. <laughs> no, this is where I draw the line. Masters, that's it. Yeah. I am not going to be I mean, a you might change your mind doctor later. of art. You could. <laughs> then you could okay. be Dr. O'Malley. Ugh. I should, just so that I doctor. have to force people to call doc- me doctor. Dr. Janelle O'Malley. There is literally a professor at my college who will not answer you unless you call them doctor. That's just obnoxious. I know, but that's how I would probably be. <laughs> Yeah. That's that's just I'm obnoxious. Sorry. I did not go to school for a thousand years and pay a million dollars not to be called doctor. <laughs> I guess. I feel like maybe if I had my doctorate, I would feel differently. Right. I'd be like, oh, don't call me doctor. Yeah, right. I'm not saving lives. <laughs> I'm saving minds. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, we're off topic. <laughs> so, yeah. On that note, let's head over to the newsroom. <laughs> So this was not an intentional um, pick of a Florida man, but it just happened to be a man from Florida. (laughs) (laughs) But this kind of made me think of you a little bit. So, Excuse you? What? Yes. <laughs> you associate you with Florida? Yeah, so this comes from the Daily News. Um, a man named Victor Van Vickery, which, what a name. Yeah, that sounds made up. Uh, the second. <laughs> he sounds like he's like a British vicar. Yeah. <laughs> Not even close. No. No, he's from Florida. Um, (laughs) So he was arrested in October for the 2018 death of 57-year-old Asada Carr. So what happened is that on July 2nd, 2018, Vickery was at his girlfriend's place Mm -hmm. and they spotted a man who was 57-year-old Asada Carr who was outside of their bedroom window while they were having sex with his pants unzipped. Cool. So he went outside still naked and (laughs) Vickery, who was naked at the time, Mm -hmm. um, he went out and beat 
the man until police arrived. His girlfriend finally called 911 and reported that, like, there was There's this a guy man that, watching me. Yeah, and also my boyfriend's beating the shit out of him. Um, and so police showed up, asked him to stop. A car was taken to the hospital, and he actually had been previously arrested for peeping into windows. He was taken to the hospital and two hours later died from his injuries. Mm. Now, the interesting thing about this one to me is that it took them almost like like over a year to arrest him for this manslaughter charge. Not entirely sure why. Those are really hard to prosecute, so they were probably debating whether or not it would even be worth it. Yeah, for that long though, I mean that's a I'm not it just surprised. seems it seems like a long time. But he's currently being held on a hundred thousand dollar bond. So I mean, how long did it take for them to get that Michelle chicken for? Um, oh, Michelle Carter. Yeah, yeah. Eating and well, not eating. Well, yeah, but, but that, more like pushing yeah, her yeah. boyfriend. And to I kill guess himself, to, you know? it makes more sense in that. To me, at least, it makes more sense in that case because there were such extenuating circumstances, and it was this very complicated case. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas to me, that seems pretty cut and dry you know like beat the shit out of him outside of a window died from his injuries a to b but you could say things like he was trespassing there was potential for an assault you know true. all of these things true which does make you wonder if um there might be like a stand your ground law that comes into play in this mm-hmm. case but uh it wasn't on his property it was on his girlfriend's property so i don't know how that affects things anyway should be an interesting case. Um, mm-hmm. If we ever hear any more, we probably won't ever hear any more about it. Because it's Florida. It is. They're like one and done. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so moving right along to Netflix and Kill. This is a particularly interesting one because this isn't out on Netflix. In fact, it's not out anywhere. I'm not sure where it's going to be out. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> but it's announced and it only has a set date of coming soon. Okay. But <laughs> I cannot express to you how extraordinarily excited I am for this documentary. Oh boy. Okay. It is called Class Action Park. Have you heard anything about this? No. Okay. So, do you know about... I mean, I don't even know where it's going to be. <laughs> I know. I know. But I've, there, there's trailers out for it, and they've really what? kind of been... Yeah, they've been like ramping up like um, some of the news coverage for it, but I haven't seen anything about so where it's going to be. When Action Park? Class Action Park. Okay. Okay. So, have you ever heard any stories about Action Park in New Jersey? No. I tend to avoid anything that has New Jersey in it. Fair. (laughs) This will give you another reason. Exactly. Um, Bruce Springsteen wasn't enough for me. One of one of my secret fascinations is with (laughs) thrill rides, like roller coasters. I love Mm -hmm. roller coasters and all that kind of stuff. But also things like abandoned amusement parks and abandoned places. Those I find interesting. And failed ventures into like amusement parks and Mm -hmm. like just shit going horribly wrong. That was, you know what I mean? Like that that percentage of people who like is bored by amusement parks. I'm like cool. I just like roller coasters. (laughs) I'm I'm just like, uh, yeah. Like it doesn't like it doesn't do anything. I just love it. It's so fun. (laughs) So if you've never, I've only ever heard various stories about this. You hear some like famous people. Like I know, I think um, Johnny Knoxville was on like Jimmy Kimmel talking about Action Park and how fuck it's like a legend in New Jersey because of how unsafe it was. So. Not surprised, New Jersey. (laughs) Yeah, so the idea of this documentary is looking into Action Park and this insanely complicated story behind it. Um, The park was open during the 80s and the 90s, but it... They they had, like, zero safety features. Most of the rides were experimental. They Which had good. <laughs> They had a literal... It was a water slide, because um, it was a water park. So it was a water slide that had a loop in it. It was a tube with a loop. And you, there were stories of people, like, smacking their heads, losing well, teeth, yeah. coming out bloodied, like... You can't control yeah. how fast you're going. <laughs> yeah. It was also kind of known as this place where you could do anything because the people who were running it were like teenagers who were like drinking on the job and not like Mm -hmm. you know new jersey (laughs) new jersey in the 80s 80s. (laughs) like yeah so 
that is all a now thing. That I've maligned every listener that we've ever had from New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Tell so us, is that accurate? <laughs> there's there's also this other side to it where the guy who built the park also, and this is part of the reason why I find this really interesting, mm-hmm. he also created this fake insurance company in the Cayman Islands to kind of get around all of these insurance regulations. Oh my gosh, this like connects directly with the one we did last episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, so yeah, so there was a lot of this weird stuff. Somehow it stayed open for a long time and nobody really knows how, but this class nobody um, dies there, then it's fine. <laughs> Uh, I don't think anybody died. See, that's why I stayed there was, for so long. There was plenty of injuries. Were there any limbs cut off? I don't think so. But there's See? definitely some serious injuries. Um, if there's no limbs missing or deaths, let it go. <laughs> yeah, you. I will have to show you the trailer for this after we record this because it's just insane. But. Um, Class Action Park is like the first time anybody's done this like deep dive into the story behind this insane park that probably never should have existed and is like a legend if you live in New Jersey. So if you've ever been there or heard of it or like anything, like is it let still us know. There? No, is it like abandoned. No, 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 no. no okay. it's. I think it's been paved over and and like all done of New something. God, this is <laughs> here. Look, I'll show you. Here's a picture of that. The loop. That, Look how unsafe that is. Oh my god. Yes. That is like an extreme down like Yeah. They were oh experimental rides. <laughs> yeah. So I'm super excited about it. As soon as I find out a date, you guys will know and where it's gonna be, I will tell you guys because I am definitely gonna be looking forward to watching this yeah. documentary. Um water parks should never have loops in them. I'm sorry. Doesn't that make you feel fucking weird? I don't know. Uh, not about that life. For, at first, I pictured that it was an open, not a tube. Like it was. <laughs> it was an open no, loop. no, no, no. It's it's a literal, oh just a tube loop. Before you said tube, you're like there was a loop, and I'm like, oh. what? In the tube, and then you said in the tube. I was like, oh, oh my god! <laughs> I thought it was like just an open water slide. Oh no, that'd be way more dangerous. Like people flying out oh the God. top of the They'd open be like, thing. Like, yeah, no wonder it closed. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is that part of the episode where we say content may not be appropriate for our listeners. We're talking about murder. Duh. So <laughs> that's that. I mean, not, I feel like in comparison to the last be episode, really fucking weird. I just want to let you know. You I, better buckle up for these I photos. actually, I was kind of jealous of yours. I was You're just jealous. like, dang it, she took the best one. <laughs> um, but I feel like mine's pretty. Mine's pretty good. It's a mine's, weaving tail. Mine's creepy. <laughs> just like Ew. it is. It, it is. Makes you feel dirty. So today, I have decided... So let me preface this by saying... I'll tell you how I came to this decision. Okay, go. (laughs) So I listen to some... Slash watch some people who do gaming videos from the UK. They're called the Yogscast. They're really cool. But they have these old, old episodes of a podcast that they still do, but it's like changed, whatever. Anyway, I was listening to some old episodes of this podcast. (laughs) Um, The Yog Pod, in case you're curious. And they were telling... It was one of the Halloween episodes. Episodes, and they were telling this story that is maybe true, maybe not. Who knows? Of a woman who kills her husband with a turkey leg, a frozen turkey leg, and then cooks the turkey leg. And the police come over and they're like, well, we can't find the murder weapon. She's like, y'all want some of this turkey? And then the police <laughs> eat the turkey leg. Right. And I thought, that's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if true, weird. Yeah. So it got me thinking. There's got to be some really weird, strange, unusual murder weapons out there. Oh, yeah. And boy, are there. (laughs) Boy, howdy, there are. I'll tell you what. It's the first time ever when trying to decide on a topic, I've seen the words, the worst case of pumpernickeling I've ever seen. (laughs) I did not choose that story, but there is a case of somebody getting bashed in the head with pumpernickel. I want to know. Yeah, the quote. it was in coined um, that word? Ireland or Scotland or somewhere over there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the guy, one of the detectives was interviewed and he said it was the worst case of pumpernickeling he's ever seen. Shame on you, sir, for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I digress. I wanted to yeah. look at some weird murder weapons. So I'm going to be talking about the murder of Dwayne Ball. Mm-hmm. 
In early 2010 in Louisiana, police receive an anonymous tip that led to the discovery of remains in a field in Lafayette. The remains belong to 47-year-old Dwayne Ball and were found in an area commonly used by homeless people. And I'll tell you up front, all of the people that we're talking about in this story belong to that homeless community in Louisiana. And this is kind of like a big camp out field. So when they found him, his body was wrapped in a bunch of bedding and it had a seven and a half inch knife sticking out of his pant leg. Officials were able to gather other bits of evidence, including a long serrated knife from the edge of the field, all of which were sent off for forensic testing. A forensic pathologist performed the autopsy, seeing evidence of blunt force trauma to the face, indication of trauma to the front and back of the skull, and blunt force trauma to the chest. But it was difficult to discern the extent of the trauma due to the partial decomposition of the body. So he wasn't like able to specify a specific cause of death because of all of that um, decomposition. The anonymous tipster that called in um, was able to provide Dwayne Ball's name along with the name of a potential suspect named Deborah Hewitt, um, who was a one-legged homeless woman. Okay. Who had a she was uh, in a wheelchair mm-hmm. and had a prosthetic leg. Police from Lafayette City Department quickly found Hewitt and brought her in for an interview, um, one that later would be played in front of the jury at her trial. She started denying that she had seen Ball for a couple of weeks and told detectives that he had actually left Louisiana for Kentucky to go visit his ill father. And although like he had asked Hewitt to go with him on this trip, and she was just like, I didn't want to go, so I didn't go with him. When she was informed that his body had been found in the field, she acted surprised. And yeah. Oh no. He was in a field? He's dead? Um, yeah, just like that. Uh, detectives were not swayed by this, and they, her acting must have been totally on point. Um, they indicated that she, um, they believe she already knew that he was dead. And afterwards, she had a complete about face and told detectives that she had basically lied about everything up until that point. Okay. (laughs) According to Hewitt, she and Dwayne Ball had been dating in the weeks before the incident, but the two had broken up. And subsequently, Ball began stalking her and like threatening to kill her. And eventually, Hewitt and her new boyfriend, a man named John Roman. You think that's Roman or Romine? R-O-M-I-N-E. We'll say Roman. Roman sounds good. (laughs) Went to, the two of them went to the campsite that she had shared with Ball, and it was like in the same field where his body would later be found. They went there to go get the rest of her things when Ball had attacked the two with a knife. In self-defense, Rowan began beating Ball and Hewitt, getting a, she got a stab in herself again in self-defense. And when Roman, he was able to find a strip of sheet and began strangling Ball with it. And Hewitt claimed that she was screaming for him to stop. And because she was bound to a wheelchair, that there wasn't anything that she can do, even though she was wearing her prosthetic leg at the time. And afterwards, the two of them dragged Ball's body to a different campsite and covered it with a mattress and then discarded of the knife in the storm drain. Okay, again, this was all according to Deborah Hewitt, what she was telling detectives at the time. Little did she know there were other people watching. Eyes in the field. Everywhere. Um, So during her later trial, a man named Jack Stovall, who was another homeless resident of this field, testified that Hewitt had originally said Ball had gone to Kentucky, but later she confessed to him that she had actually stabbed him. Roman had also been with them at the time when the alleged confession had been made. And while he didn't necessarily implicate himself, he had also said that he was there when it happened. 
He also testified that indeed Ball's behavior had changed following his breakup with Hewitt and that indeed he did start stalking her. And according to the advocate, Stovall testified, quote, that he once saw Ball threaten to kill Hewitt. He said Hewitt had also reportedly told him that Ball threatened her on a daily basis, end quote. So there was another witness, a man named Life Perchulski. Sure. That's fine. I'm gonna call I'm gonna call him Leif. <laughs> Say it really fast. Leif, right? Yeah. Okay. Like For Leif Garrett. Leif Garrett. <laughs> Except Leif Perchulski. <laughs> Um, so he actually provided the most damning testimony saying he had witnessed the entire killing of Ball. Although he had only met Hewitt and Roman uh, um, just days before the murder, the group had stayed at the same campsite. So they kind of had formed this like little friendship, you know. A hobo's agreement. <laughs> yes, exactly. Basically, yeah. Um, later the next day, Leif went to find Hewitt and Roman in the field, and he searched for a while before giving up and then going back to the campsite to retrieve his things so he could kind of figure out where he wanted to stay that night. To his surprise, Leif saw Dwayne Ball sitting on a bunch of stuff, including the bag that he had come over to the campsite to retrieve. When he tried to get his stuff back, Ball said it was all his now and then urinated on everything. Because that's how you mark your territory as you do. Yeah, as you do. (laughs) He left. He was just like, F this, I'm out. And on his way out. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he left. On his way out, he bumps into Hewitt and Roman and told them about what happened with Ball and him peeing on all the stuff. And they assured him that they would handle it. And the group parted ways at that time. Later in the evening, after going into town for a while, Leif returned to the camp to find out what the deal was. But before he arrived back at the campsite, he was able to hear arguing coming from the camp. And so instead of just walking in, he decided to sneak up on the camp and hide in the weeds to kind of like scope out the situation and check what's going on. I imagine that's actually not a super weird thing because these homeless encampments aren't always the safest places, especially when you're talking about territory and property and you never know. So he sneaks up into the weeds and there he saw Roman and Ball in an argument before witnessing Ball get thrown to the ground and Roman climb on top of him. Ball, when he fell on the ground, he landed directly in front of Hewitt's wheelchair and she began stomping on his face with her prosthetic leg before removing it and using it to beat Ball in the head and face. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you got to use what's around, I the mean, prosthetic those are heavy. Glitch, yeah, yeah, those things are substantial, man. Ball struggled for a while and was able to break free before being tossed to the ground again, stabbed, strangled with a strip of sheet. And then Hewitt and Roman, they were like standing there talking about what to do with the body uh, before moving it and placing the mattress on top of it. But it was around this time that Leif accidentally made a noise and they heard him in the bushes and Hewitt and Roman threatened Leif if he said anything to anyone. And so that's... That's what he testified to at court, which I, I don't know. To me, is is pretty interesting, but it's not. You can see some similarities between what Hewitt was telling investigators and what the witness was telling investigators yeah. or testified to. Like, it's just you get the feeling it's not a whole truth. Hmm. <laughs> Hewitt also opted to take the stand in her own defense, something that isn't always encouraged by defense attorneys, considering how much damage it can do to your case and that your credibility can go down. And it also opens you up to cross-examination, which, along with what we talked about in the last episode, representing yourself in court, taking the stand in your own defense isn't always advised. It's the smartest idea you could ever do. It kind of depends on the case, but it really is not something most defense attorneys will say. Nah, 
her testimony was pretty consistent with what she had initially told detectives when she was interviewed that her and Ball had been dating and that she broke up with him because of an abusive relationship that they had gone back to the camp to get the stuff and Ball attacked them with a knife. This time, however, she implicated Leif in the crime, saying he had been with them at the campsite during the attack and that he had stopped Ball from escaping when he tried to run. All the while, she was screaming for it to stop, of course, because self-defense. Stop it, you guys. Stop. Stop. Don't make me take my leg off. (laughs) Sounds Um, right. Yep. She also said she wasn't entirely sure what had happened to the body after the altercation and that she had wanted to render aid to Ball, but Roman had already said that he was dead and there was no point. So... Leif was not part of her initial story to police, and honestly, had it been, her credibility would probably be in a better position, um, because with Leif being able to corroborate her claim of self-defense, she probably would not have had such a tough time in court trying to prove that as her motive. During her testimony, she also contended that it would have been impossible for her to get the prosthetic leg off, saying that she couldn't get it off her stump without removing her jeans completely. Uh, I'm not sure. I am. I have both my legs, so I'm not entirely well versed in types of prosthetic legs was it at and the stuff. Knee or was it at the hip? Um, the impression I get it was at the knee. <clears throat> then I would say that's probably easier I, to um, to just slide to off. off. Yeah. yeah, especially if you. I, I my thing is is if you're spending. There's a lot of there's a lot of ways you could do that and have it take it off easier. If mm-hmm. you're spending a lot of time in a wheelchair, chances are you don't necessarily have to like have it buckled the whole time if that's like painful mm-hmm. and you don't want to have it rubbing all the time or whatever to just have it on if you're not walking around. Yeah, and also depending on what kind of pants she's wearing. If she's wearing right. like fitted jeans, I can understand, but if she's wearing like baggy loose, you yeah. Know, some sort of sweatpant or something like that, it would be super easy to pull it out from a stretchy pant. Right, right. So, and even, I mean, even if they had decided, because the way Leif tells it, he told them that that Ball had kind of been antagonizing him before they went back to the campsite. So it's also entirely possible that she could have undone it before Mm -hmm. they went back. So it could have been pulled out. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that could have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Hewitt was charged with second-degree murder, and after less than a two-hour deliberation, the jury found her guilty. She received a mandatory life sentence in prison on hard labor without parole, a sentence that she immediately appealed. When I read that, I thought, I wonder what hard labor is for a person in a wheelchair, but well, I don't know. In fact, a majority of this information that I gathered from this case came from an appeal Hewitt filed with the Louisiana's Court of Appeals Third Circuit in 2013, which I love reading court documents. Like, (laughs) uh, I love it. Uh, This appeal was brought with two claims by her attorneys. One, that the evidence was insufficient to sustain the verdict of second-degree murder, and that, two, the trial court erred when it denied Hewitt's objection to the admission at trial of her statements given to police during interrogation. So the first claim that they made mainly has to do with her contention that she acted in self-defense and like that the second degree murder charge was too much. The second claim says, quote, the trial court erred when it allowed defendant's admission to the law enforcement investigator due to the defendant's diminished mental capacity caused by consumption of alcohol and multiple narcotic and non-narcotic medications, end quote. During her trial, her attorneys claimed that she had been severely intoxicated during her interviews with detectives and that when she had been asked to list all of the medications and intoxicants she had taken in the 12 hours beforehand, she had, quote, advised him that she was taking medication for lupus and had stents in her legs. She then listed 12 medications, including painkillers, blood thinners, antidepressants, aspirin, ibuprofen, three ounces of whiskey, and one and a half, uh, or I'm sorry, one half of a beer. 
Um, after the hearing, the detective, after hearing the detective's testimony and kind of reviewing this record, because they had the recording of the interview, mm-hmm. um, they reviewed the interview with Hewitt, and it was determined that she was not intoxicated at the time of her interview. Um, among other things, one of the big reasons that they gave is she had the foresight to lie to investigators immediately when they started questioning her about it and then changed her story when they asked her about it showing some like that she had the mental capacity to do that you know but you can lie and change your story a thousand times if you're drunk yeah um actually pretty notoriously known for lying right story when you're drunk well the detective also said if she was visibly like slurring her words or acting incapacitated like he would obviously not have interviewed her i have been around a many a drunks okay and if you're a good drunk you don't slur your words people build up tolerances over their lifetime and they can be fully seemingly capacitated like they can walk a line they can do the abcs backwards they can touch their fingers to their nose and be totally fine and still be absolutely hammered yeah so i'm sorry sir no (laughs) but it seems that they found it pretty credible that she was not intoxicated at the time of her um, interview. So ultimately, the Third Circuit affirmed her conviction. And as far as I can tell, she's still serving her life sentence. Um, I think the only appeal she has left is to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling that's probably not going to fly. But Yeah, probably not. But um, I mean, it's very highly possible that she was, if not drunk, high. Right. From all right. of the stuff she took. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will say, too, it was like six weeks i think in between when um they committed the murder to when his body was found so it's possible she was intoxicated when she committed it and not when she gave the interview or vice versa yeah Mm -hmm. so interesting case prosthetic leg not your usual not your usual murder weapon Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So for mine, I was looking up stuff and I found I came across a couple of like online lists of things. Um, But most of them are like. A poisonous dress, poisonous perfume. And I'm like, poison is so boring. A poisonous um, dress? Yeah. Like a lined, poison lined? So, is that um, actual? Queen oh, Elizabeth received a dress that was dipped in arsenic, I believe. Really? Yes. I and didn't know she that. gave it to one of her. Um, like maids. Okay. One of her chambermaids. Yeah. And, okay, this is all, you know supposed yeah um and that woman did pass away from poisoning oh, no so it was That's like wild sent from some person to her to kill her you know yeah monarchy huh. espionage and all that fun stuff. i never knew that but you're right <clears throat> yeah. poison is pretty overplayed poison is played out um, <laughs> so i was like ah oh. and then i remember hearing a story about but it was just a story unfortunately about someone killing someone with an icicle Icicle melts perfect. Right. Well, they do that with like the spies and the ice bullets. Right. Yeah. So I was like, God damn it. Why can't I find anything that's like interesting and not boring and just like played out or a fake story? Yeah. And then I came across this book. You arguably found the most interesting one. And it turned out to be the fucking weirdest one ever. Oh my gosh. So this is the Texas Stiletto murder. I'm excited. <laughs> Insert sleazy music here. <laughs> like, Bam, um, chicka, wah, wah, chicka, oh my God, wah, wah. The Night Stockings. It was like a lifetime what? show. It's terrible. That theme music. It's bad. Uh, oh. <laughs> it's like a 90s, like, sexy murder show. 
Um, I'm pretty sure it was Lifetime, or maybe it was USA. One of those two. One of those women networks. One of those lady networks. (laughs) Really terrible music with lots of saxophone. Yeah, like... (laughs) Oh, the 90s. Um, (laughs) So, Anna Trujillo was a small unassuming woman who had very many secrets this is how she's described oh, often God. okay uh, she grew up in arizona after her mother had moved the family from mexico outside of guadalajara to south bend um just four months after anna was born so she's you know she's a baby. effectively a u.s citizen <laughs> yes yeah um she was one of four children her mother uh became a single mother a few years after her birth when her father decided to literally he's like i'm gonna start a new family bye okay <laughs> classy so, off to a great start yeah she would marry at 22 and have two children right away. The marriage would end in divorce not long after their second was born. Anna cited that after that her first husband was like a lazy piece of shit and she worked way too hard to take care of the whole family. Like she was the breadwinner. He didn't do anything. He didn't even want to take care of the kids. So she's like, I'm done. Great. Anna would marry again to a deeply religious man named Jim and move to Texas with him. So that's how she got to Texas. Yeah. He took them in and cared really deeply for Anna's two daughters. It was then that Anna started exhibiting really, really strange behavior after they moved to Texas. Okay. So Trujillo grew up in a deeply, deeply religious home. I'm talking like horribly roman catholic and then this immediate shift into becoming a jehovah's witness oh so okay the worst two kinds of like christianity i could think of while with her second husband anna began expressing an interest in the occult and she had a stack of tarot cards that she would often use Okay. I love, I mean, I love the transition from like conservative religion to occult. She was really rebellious when she was a teenager. So she didn't really adhere to that. And there's a couple articles that cited she was so upset that her mother wanted to become a Jehovah's Witness because that meant that they couldn't celebrate any holidays, birthdays, anniversaries, nothing. Right. Um, Basically like sucking the fun out of life. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, True story. Yeah. So... Her husband was really against the practice and asked her to stop doing any sort of tarot card spreads at home. She obviously did not and instead secretly would use them when he was away. Yeah. Um, At this time, Anna went through several job changes. She eventually landed on a massage therapist position and completed training for that and was really good at it and would go to people's homes and bring her portable table. And, you know, that was a great job for her. Mm -hmm. She could talk to people and make them feel good. Yeah. Um, Anna would often go out late late at night to clubs and not arrive back home until 3 a.m. or later. Um, This would eventually lead her to switch jobs again to a club promoter. Uh, During this time, uh, her second marriage was really in trouble. Yeah, Anna would um, wear her club wear out during the day, which really scared and appalled some of her neighbors because she was in a very, very deeply religious community. Okay. Uh, And I'm assuming club wear is like... See through scantily clad with your bra, really short skirts, lots of leather. Yeah, but like in the broad daylight, not like I'm coming home from my club or I'm leaving to go to the club. Like right noon, tea time, half naked. Yeah, naked. Yeah. Um, Which there's nothing wrong with wearing those clothes. No, but when you're in this you know time and place community, people are going to look at you and say things about you. Time and place. That's what happened. (laughs) Um, One of her neighbors in particular did not approve of Anna whatsoever. Anna would uh, kind of it appeared that she would chase this woman's husband around. Okay. All right. While she was really scantily clad, she would offer up unwanted physical affection towards the man, always saying that she wanted a hug, giving him a hug. Um, it appeared often that she would wait outside for him to come outside. Oh, creep. Yeah. Creep vibes. Eventually, Anna's husband, Jim, started living in another room of the home after he had found divorce papers Anna had drafted but never actually finished. Okay. Um, the two did divorce um, shortly after this, but they remained living together a bit longer before she could find her own apartment. Okay. I didn't find out really what happened to her daughters after she moved into her own apartment. I'm assuming they stayed with Jim because 
they did not live with her. Yeah. <laughs> so, How old were her daughters at this point? Do you know? 10 and 12. Okay. So they were just almost teenagers. Yeah. After Anna moved out, she became completely unhinged. She started drinking heavily and working part-time at a salon and also um, started becoming an artist. She started painting um, in 2008. Anna was pulled over for drunk driving when she stated when she was... Um, she was found driving the opposite direction down a street in Houston. Oh my gosh! This literally happened to me a couple days ago. <laughs> I do. I have done this on the occasion. Actually, I did this on the way to your thing. That ghost, really? the ghost walk thing. I accidentally turned oh, yeah. the wrong way down the one way road, and my parents were behind me, like honking. Like, I mean, no! that's understandable because there's not a whole lot of one way signs over there. Yeah, but I was driving back, and it was a four way highway with a barricade in the middle to divide the roads and i was in the left lane and someone was coming down the left lane on the opposite side i don't know how they got over the barricade i don't know where they turned in but the road is sectioned off and they were driving down the wrong side of the road oh no and they had one headlight and i thought it was a motorcycle because it was like midnight and so that that would freak me the fuck out i was driving my my boyfriend was in the passenger seat and we're like is that a motorcycle driving down the wrong side of the road so i get into the right lane and this person stops turns sideways like almost turns all the way around i'm like that's a full fucking car oh my god back into the left lane oh my god (laughs) oh my god and the entire rest of the ride home we're like and i watched them after i went around them continue to drive down the wrong side of the road all the way through the stoplight and then realized that they were on the wrong side of the road and at that time the middle part was gone so they swerved back into the correct side i'm like they had to be drunk they had to be drunk probably i had flashbacks when i was writing this um (laughs) too much like oh god um so (laughs) she was found driving down the wrong side of the road and when the officer pulled her over she had no shirt on (laughs) she was shirtless okay the shirt was in the back seat wow she refused it just blew off in the wind (laughs) she took it off on purpose because she was trying to like seduce the police officer oh yes so she refused to take her breathalyzer (laughs) she refused to put her shirt back on the officer was like clothe yourself Put your shirt back on. We but are taking officer, you in. Put your clothes tits. back on. <laughs> right? So finally she did, and she was taken in. Um, oh there's a really great photo of her you can find online of several arrests that she's had. <laughs> um, great pictures. Uh, oh so after that, Anna began getting more into the occult. She bought a Ouija board and started practicing various forms of Santeria and voodoo. Um, a friend once found in her home a small coffin shaped box in her living room uh, that was like painted black had some decorations on it and it was filled with chicken bones okay so sounds like she's doing it right yeah uh, <laughs> she was again arrested in 2010 for drunk driving when a truck driver came upon her car parked at a green light and she was passed out in the driver's seat <laughs> so like drinking so heavily that she's blacking out oh my god good times Oh, my God. This woman. Yes. So after being off and on again with several men, uh, Anna met Stefan in 2012. Stefan Anderson was a native to Sweden who immigrated to the U.S. when he was in his 20s. He was now 59 and a bachelor looking for a good time. Very, like, silver-haired fox. He was a scientist and a professor. A professor? A professor (laughs) of science. Uh, (laughs) And he lived in a very swanky high-rise apartment building in Houston. They quickly moved in together and got engaged only after a few months. Uh, Stefan's friends warned him things were moving really too fast. Uh, but Stefan was deeply attracted to Anna, and he had a bit of a foot fetish that Anna was more than happy to accommodate. Oh, I'm Enter not tr- the stiletto. I'm not trying to kick shame, but... It's just feet not my are thing. Gross to me. It's shoes, not my I thing. Appreciate I love shoes. Yeah, not yeah. in that way. I can appreciate someone who's like, I love the shoes you wear. I like yes. how they make your legs look. Yes, but the foot part of but the in foot a fetish, sex way. Yeah, I love how those make your legs look because sex. <laughs> Body parts. Body parts. Everyone has their favorite I guess, body yeah, part. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's true. Um, hey. <laughs> so, uh, he would buy her Louis Vuittons, Jimmy Choo's, Manolo's, lavish gifts, expensive jewelry, 
high-end clothing. I think there was an article that stated there was like $25,000 worth of shoes that she wow. had. Wow. So, yeah, I want that. Shoes and Manolos are not cheap. I, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Especially if that's what, like, you're buying multiple pairs of fucking yes. designer shoes. Yeah. You're going to have an expensive closet. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Stefan would like to take pictures of Anna dressed up, and I put just a couple in here that are like the tamer ones. Oh, are they? <laughs> they are. These are the tame ones. Oh, I do so like those There's a really shoes, great though. picture of her in stilettos yeah. uh, on a glass coffee table with a glass of champagne. And then there are some of her dressed up. Um, one reminds me of like Britney Spears in that video where she had a snake. Yes, with the um, green drapings that mm-hmm. just held her boobs. Only her boobies. Just one the boobs. looks like it is a Why Middle is Eastern like garb. Full, yeah, like, like a face head covering sort of situation. And then the last one is like a leather bustier and stilettos, and she's on a leather couch. Yes. So, like, all kinds of weird things. <laughs> Strange. I got a lot of this information and photos from the book uh, Possessed by Catherine Casey. So if you want to see more uh, pictures, and she goes into a really deep dive into Stefan and Anna's background and how they got to the United States and their uh, childhood. So if you want to learn more about that, you can definitely check that out. Anna and Stefan would drink and fight almost daily, which led to Anna leaving early in 2013 to live with a friend. They would still keep in touch and see each other. They even told people that they were still engaged. So they were just like horribly off and on fighting, like breaking up, getting back together, breaking up, getting back together. But ultimately, they would tell people that they were still engaged. Okay. Um, Anna lived with friends, which would end one day after Anna tried to pick a fight with her friend's husband. She seemed to really want to chase after other people's husbands. Um, This seemed to be a thing of hers. Okay. This would lead to a physical altercation that landed Anna in the hospital after she was struck several times with a walking stick. Oh, God. So we have a couple different weapons in this story. You you really picked a doozy. (laughs) There is a picture in the book Possessed of her after she was beaten and she was beaten really there was a cane mark across her back and her face was black and blue on one side this woman did not play wow she tried to pick a fight with this woman's husband and then after the woman told her husband to leave she's like just leave we're just gonna cool it everyone take a you know a, a minute take a break yeah after her husband left then Anna started telling her he was trying to have sex with me. He wants me, blah, blah, blah. And the woman's like, no, 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 no. And so she started to get a little pushy with her. And the woman's like, if you don't stop, I will stop you. Yeah. That sort of a thing. Okay. And so she didn't stop. So she beat her with a walking stick. <laughs> well, then. <laughs> you know, don't play. Okay. So after she was beaten with a walking stick, she called Stefan and um, Anna and Stefan went back to his house she brought her things back there this would be the very this this day would be the very last time anyone spoke to stefan anderson again okay so i'm going to read an excerpt out of possessed by Catherine casey this is chapter 12 it's really brief i'm just going to summarize a little bit but she went through and kind of took the information out about the 911 phone call that would occur so this is the call log at 341 the 911 dispatcher uh what's your emergency i need help where are you ma'am um she gave the address of the parkland apartment she gave the wrong um, apartment number though okay the woman seemed to be slurring her words sobbing and moaning she would say that she was hurt um from her boyfriend uh what did your boyfriend do he was punching me he tried to Um, But she kind of started moaning again. So he's not breathing. I need you right now. I'm getting someone out to you. Uh, Are there any weapons involved? No, ma'am. It's just me and him. He drinks a lot. So she's like fake crying this whole time. He's in the apartment. He's about to die. I couldn't find the phone. Someone called me. What? So is he beating you up or is he about to die? So what do you mean he's about to die? What's going on with him? Um, So she kind of like stopped for a moment, cried a little bit. Ma'am, would you stop crying and talk to me? What is going on with him? The dispatcher. Be quiet, Anna said. But she was actually talking to him, (laughs) not the dispatcher. Uh, Hello? Hello? (laughs) So she's like, 
got the phone near her, but not really near her. And she's okay. saying, breathe, breathe, breathe. Stefan. Okay. He's bleeding all over the place. He's bleeding. He's about to die. Um, so the dispatcher's like, okay, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And Anna starts screaming, please hurry. Ma'am, try to calm down and speak clearly. I can't understand what you need the ambulance for. What happened? Are you reporting an assault, ma'am? He assaulted me. I'm going to need an ambulance. Listen, he's about to die. What happened to him? I told him to let me go, but he wouldn't. What happened? Are you calling for yourself or are you calling for him? I hit him in the head. I hit him with my shoe. I didn't know what else to do. You hit him with your shoe? Is he awake now? No. He was drinking a lot also. Is he breathing normally now? No, I don't think so. I've been giving him CPR. I couldn't find the phone, then somebody called me. Ma'am, if he's not awake and he's not breathing, we need to start CPR. That's what I've been doing. So the dispatcher starts giving her other instructions, and she just keeps saying there's lots of blood. And then finally the police show up, and she's like, they're here, and the call ended. That's a weird call. Yeah. So when police arrived at the scene, Stefan had appeared to have been dead for actually a while. He was covered in blood, and one blue suede stiletto heel was next to his head, also covered in blood. The officers kind of asked her what happened, and she stated that she hit him, and then she replied really quietly, with my shoe. Okay. <laughs> so. That's, oh my God. That's all so the bizarre. Of what, of what happened, because there's some really great pictures. Okay. Anna was charged with Stefan's murder, but the court case turned out to kind of be like a circus, as you could imagine. Oh, yeah. This, um, is, this is one of these cases that, like, just because of the details of it, it is ripe for, like, media and tabloid use. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially the pictures that came out. They're like, oh, this is salacious. Oh, boy. Um, Anna claimed that Anderson attacked her on the way home and that he, re- he repeatedly would abuse her. She also stated that he was controlling and a drunk, which led to ex- his extreme outbursts of violence. During the trial, Trujillo acted out the whole scene leading up to the fateful stiletto stab, which are the pictures that I have below here. Okay. Anna claims Stefan grabbed her from behind by the hair and drug her through the apartment. She claimed that he then slammed her into a wall, and once on the ground, he had her face down and began to choke her. Fearing for her life, she fought back and grabbed the closest weapon she could find, which was her shoe. Oh, my God. These pictures. Yeah. (laughs) So witnesses presented by prosecutors stated that they had experiences with Anna in which she became violent towards them when she drank. Um, She had been drinking the night of of Stefan's death, but her blood alcohol was not tested. So they couldn't state that she was, like, trashed. They didn't test her blood alcohol. Yeah. During the trial, prosecutors stated that she did not have any injuries from her confrontation with Anderson, while the researchers had stated that he had defensive wounds on his hands and wrists. Mm-hmm. Trujillo's attorneys argued she had been injured, though, she, even though that she didn't have physical, you know. Did they say how? Well, she stated that she was choked and then she was drugged through the house. Yeah, but wouldn't she... I feel like if you were choked and drugged through the house... You'd have bruises on your arms or something, right? Or on your neck, you would have some sort of... And if she was... Anything. Well, if she was drugged through the house by Stefan, they probably would have found like clumps or hair or hair mm-hmm. on his person somewhere like in his hands or yeah. you know somewhere like that that doesn't yeah, her, sound like maybe they a had scratched that. scalp or something yeah anything. yeah yeah so <sighs> officers also testified that on the night of the murder anna was sobbing but not actually producing any tears so she was like doing this like fake wailing okay and then when they look, they searched her, they found a tarot book in her purse that had been opened to the page about death with a bunch of stuff circled in it. All right. So. Good job. That's mm-hmm. literally just like the screaming cheesiest. to police, like, convict me. Yes. So um, you can actually go online and watch a video. And these are photo stills from the video of okay. her acting out what happened between her and Stefan. Yeah. She then asks her attorney to come up there and like he stands behind her and they she shows how she flipped around and was able to um kind of roll over on top of him and stab him with the stiletto. Um okay. I might have to pull that up later. Yeah. So Trujillo was found guilty um of murdering Dr. Stefan Anderson of Sweden. Uh this is the the official court 
thing that was released um, and ABC News posted it up. It was pretty interesting. Okay. Um, she was accused of bludgeoning the 59-year-old University of Texas medical researcher to death by hitting him 25 times in the face. Oh my gosh. Head, arms, with the heel of her shoe. So that was the other thing. She had hit him 25 times. Not like a one-time get off me. Yeah. She got on top of him and beat him in the face with his shoe yeah. 25 times. Which when I and I know we've talked about this when we've talked about self-defense cases before, mm-hmm. but there is this thinking that if truly it was self-defense, you wouldn't continue once you found you were out of harm. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of the idea. I think we talked about the case of the and I forget her name now, but the grandmother who shot her grandson. Mm-hmm. This was a while ago on an yeah. episode, but she shot him multiple times mm-hmm. even after like the threat had been eliminated essentially. Yep. And that <laughs> is like this, like 25 times seems pretty excessive. Yeah. So she was convicted. It was a very, very brief deliberation, and and she was sentenced to life in prison for the murder without the possibility of parole. But I highly encourage you to go watch the videos, and if you have access to find the book Possessed by uh, Catherine Casey, do it. It's not the most well-written book. Let me preface with that. Um, I did skip a lot of chapters of information because I found it unimportant to the story. Yeah. <laughs> but there are some really good, like I said, pictures. And she does like a brief interview with Trujillo. Um, and you can actually find a video online from not too long ago of her being interviewed after the trial and her conviction. Yeah. From my understanding, she was like abused as a child. Her mother, you know, was not home. Like she had a not great childhood and she mm-hmm. was a raging alcoholic right right um, and she had a lot of what i would call daddy issues yeah i mean all of that <laughs> contributes to something like that too yeah i will say those shoes are pointy as fuck like oh, yeah they are when you're talking stilettos those are damn those are stilettos yeah, the, the picture of the the pictures of the shoes are like everywhere yeah They're everywhere yeah. um and I love the fact that they're like these blue suede yeah, shoes yeah. too. Um, but the pictures of her in the courtroom, I think, really capture how insane she is. Yeah, the faces and the if you listen to it, the noises she makes and the way she talks and how quickly she's talking, she sounds manic. Yeah. So yikes! I think she's like truly cuckoo. So she's where she needs to be. Gosh. But that is the Texas stiletto murder. <laughs> Enjoy. Well, <laughs> before you grab that shoe, why don't you listen to that podcast? Put the stiletto down. <laughs> and listen to this podcast. Some would have you believe that this is, quote, a promotional ad blurb for the Nihilist Podcast Network, done in the style of the popular NPN news show This Week in Nihilism. Subscribe to Nihilist Podcast Network on iTunes or another podcast app to hear more of This Week in Nihilism's up-to-the-week updates on world news and popular culture. That's all the time we have for this promotional ad blurb. Join us next ad blurb, assuming the Earth has not been destroyed by way too many ants. The Nihilist Podcast Network. All right, folks, that has been our show. A little lighter than the last one. Than the la- in comparison Slightly to the lighter. last one that yeah. we did, yeah. Um, so we should have, I think when this comes out, it, we should have just had the event in Rockford, so mm-hmm. we'll talk about so that. So you missed it. <laughs> Probably next time, yeah. yeah. Um, but we do still have an event coming up for you in a couple weeks. Come see us. We will be at the Red Roof Inn in DeKalb on November 24th from 11 to 7 for... Mr. Willie's 2019 Dark Art and Oddities Con. Come. Come and see us. Come and see us. Or all the other dark mm, art. And I can't wait. I plan on us. making some purchases while I am Ooh, there. Oh, yay. Probably. More things in jars. <laughs> well, when you put it that way, I don't know what to tell you. I'm a person that has things in jars. Um, don't worry. It's something. Don't, don't ever get a cat. Weird. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think. I'm like, is it weird? 
I have a... You don't elaborate on what's in the jar. I have a baby octopus. Okay, that sounds totally normal. And what did I get last time? Something else. I can't remember what I got last time. I'd have to look in my cabinet. I don't get any liquid in it because I know I will break it. What did I get last time? I don't remember. You were with I thought me. it was the octopus. Was it the octopus it that I got octopus. last time? <laughs> then I have something before that. I can't re- yeah, I can't remember what the thing is that I have that isn't that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. You have jars with liquids and, yes. and an antique, in them. An antique veterinarian syringe. There you are. Yeah. I'm, it's a need. nice little yeah. oddities collection. Anyway, that's not the jewelry. point. <laughs> I support the jewelers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you? You like mounted mounted insects? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Except not with all the station stupid like yeah. scrapbook paper and I glitter. I like it when it's people... So dumb. I like a nice vintage yes. butterfly board. People yeah. make them with like all of these stationary papers that have patterns Ugh, on them. Or, I hate that trend. Yeah, like fake flowers and glitter and shit. And I'm yeah. like, mm, anyway, I don't need that garbage. <laughs> you'll be able to see all of those things almost guaranteed, yes. and us. Uh huh. So come out and see us. The con last. Uh, it's the twenty third and the twenty fourth, but we are just going to be there on the Sunday, the twenty fourth. Yes. Uh, so that should be fun. I think that's kind of what we got for you mm-hmm. at the moment, right? I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't think we have any other events okay. coming up yet. Yeah. <laughs> if you are interested in checking out what kind of merch we have, or if you want to sh- support the show, you can find all the information for that at our website, badtastecrimecast.com. But if that's all we got, then I will say our sound and editing is by Tiff Fullman. Our music is by Jason Zakshevsky, the Enigma. We will see you in two weeks. Huzzah! Huzzah! It was as if a wave of evil washed over this town. We are all people in some form or another. Per... Chulski?